Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and um, welcome to the Doing Time Show. Marissa's um, not here tonight. Um, this this is um, Free CR Community Radio, um, eight five five AM on the dial, streaming live on www.freecr.org. On the show t- today, we'll, we'll be speaking to Marianne McKay, First Nations woman from Western Australia, about International Women's Day, and she also gives an update on the Native Title Court action um, that we've been um, following for a while. Um, then after that, we'll bring you some coverage from International Women's Day rally on Friday the 8th of um, March. So we'll just go to a song. This is V. Um, she had her launch yesterday um this is album launch yesterday and this is one of the songs not ready for this help freesia support the rights of indigenous australians they mean to save our culture and save our dreams our footprints dreams our songline and keep our culture going strong of course a lot of the aboriginals having been stolen were put into state care and also others recognition were... of what our people have been through in the last 200 years the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years and the recognition of where we are heading into the future welcome to uh, survival day invasion day 223 <laughs> years ago the white man landed on our shores subscribe to 3cr and help keep indigenous voices on air call us on 41983 Oh, sorry. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> hey, no, that's all right. I'm just going to um, hop out of the car here because the kids, you know. Yeah. Oh. So we're on the air with Marianne McKay from um, Western Australia. She's kindly pulling over in a, in a car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how are you, Mob? How's everyone going? Pretty good, hey. Um, <laughs> we just wanted to ask you about can you tell us about International Women's Day and what it means to you and how do you spend how you spent the day? Um, well, International Women's Day, um, like that's a chance for us all to come together, you know, like in whatever capacity and, and celebrate, you know, like the strength um, and, um, you know, adversities that our women have had to overcome because we know all through history that women have had it harder than men. You know, there's always been those um, gender biases and, you know, women should be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen cooking their husband's dinner for when he comes home from work, you know, Mm. like that kind of mentality. 
And so I think that it's really good um, on an international level for our women to be recognised, not only for those roles in the home, but for the fact that they are out there in the community and, you know, trying to make a difference, you know, on a community level, not just be, you know, a, a wife and mum that's at home constantly. Um, and what day was International Women's Day? Was it Friday or Wednesday? Friday, it's been, yeah. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, so um, we would we hung out. I went. We had a community meeting, um, and then I hung out with a few of the ladies down at the um, one of the local cafes. Sat outside, and we just had a bit of a yarn, and um, you know, a bit of a feed and that, and um, just a little social gathering. But we were all talking about you know the meeting after the meeting. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, you know how you usually have meetings and then you have your debrief after yeah. the meetings. Yeah, and you have the little group that goes and sits and has the yarn. Yeah, well, that's what us girls did. Yeah, and we had a catch-up after all of the school holidays and just seeing where everyone was at and things like that. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Can you um, give us an update on the native title um, court case and what's happening? Well, basically, yeah, so basically what's happened is um, the 22nd, from the 22nd, they were supposed to give us a date... Um, for a hearing, yeah. um, and when I rang them, because I've been on the phone, um, that was the 22nd of February, and I've been on the phone to the Perth Registry of the Federal Court constantly, and they keep telling me that because the Justice Barker had retired, they had to appoint someone else to our case. Yeah. Um, we've also got a pro bono certificate for legal representation, um, and that was issued by Justice Barker before he retired on the 29th of January. Yeah. Yet the Perth Federal Court have failed to appoint anyone, you know, under their system. So I spoke with the lady again today um, and she said she was going to get onto it. And basically, Pete, what they're doing is they're just messing us around. They can't give us an update. Um, the Perth oh. Federal Court Registry haven't been communicating with us properly. And we've actually made official complaints to the Chief Justice of the Federal Court so, um, because they're just giving us a runaround. Could you tell the listeners what the court case was about? Because um, people might know. So, yeah, for people who don't know, yeah. So, what happened is, um, we've got a native title um, settlement that the West Australian former Liberal government put to the table to stop our native title claims in the court. So, basically, what they offered was a 1.3 billion dollar settlement package. Um, where half a billion dollars goes into a um, trust account for 12 years or whatever and then accumulates. Um, and then there's like $10 million a year siphoned into. They want to create six regional corporations. So basically, in a nutshell, what they're offering is an ATSIC-style setup for Nyungar country in return to surrender of native title rights and things like that. Uh. Um, and... Yeah, so what they've done is there was originally 70, over 70-something 70 um, applications put in for native title claims, um, and my family weren't one of them because we didn't put in for native title. We're sovereign. So for yeah. all of the other Nyungas around um, the southwest that haven't put in for native title, we have been forced into having to deal with this native title settlement, mm. even though we don't want to engage in native title because... They put over. They put all those seventy-something applications, those claims, into a single Nyungar claim. Oh, right. So if people want to learn more about that case, um, you can Google Benell, which is B E double N E double L, versus the state of Western Australia. Mm. So and yeah, that'll come straight up. Two thousand and seven, um, and so you can get a whole gist of what Justice Wilcox said. 
And so basically, the um, Liberal government went into overdrive and just created this crap ASIC-style package in return for us to surrender our rights to our lands. And we said, no, like, we want to take it back to court. We know that we're sovereign and we want them to prove their jurisdiction, um, you know, their legal jurisdiction to force us into their system, and we don't want it. Mm. Yeah. So they're basically just sending us here, there, and everywhere and just um, not even communicating properly. And so we're sort of at that. um, I said to the lady at the federal court that's working on our case, I said, look, I said, every week I ring up, every few days, and all I'm getting is excuses. I said, so I don't want to hear excuses from you anymore. I want to hear action. What action are you taking? Because this might be a job to you, Natalie, but this is our life. This is our life, and you need it to be taken. You need to be taking us seriously, you know. And I just sort of just yeah jumped down her throat because I've had enough, but in an assertive way, you know. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. So that's your land, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, the whole of Noongar country, my bloodline goes through all the fourteen to sixteen nations, depending on the two family nations there are, you know. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. So my bloodline goes through all nations. So I'll speak up for every single bloodline. I don't care because I have the permission of my elders to speak. Awesome. You know? And so I'll have that confidence, yeah, to just not let anyone get in my way because at the end of the day, we have to stand up for what's right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take you in a minute. Hang on. (laughs) Yeah, and we have to stand and we have that obligation, you know, under our, our cultural law you know, to honour what the ancestors have left for us and, and continue that foundation. And yeah. so it just saddens me that people are quick to deal with the government without knowing, you know, that they're breaching their own cultural and legal rights to the lands that we call ours, you know? Yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and it just saddens me that we've got to fight for our own justice. You know, it doesn't matter what issue, whether it's native title, deaths in custody, police brutality, our kids getting removed, you know. It's, yeah, racism. Like, it's just sad that we have to fight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's your own country and you have to fight for it, sort of thing. Mm, yep, yep. Dodgy. Huh? So, and it's just, uh, I just, I don't understand that, you know. I know the awareness is, is rising and that's what I'm loving seeing, you know, but... I just don't want my kids to have to do what we do today. Yep. And another one. You know, I want them to just be able to live, yeah. And another one coming along too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, number seven, I'm a sucker for punishment. I'll get that <laughs> law degree done one day. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm still at uni, but yeah. Hang on, honey, I'm just on the phone. Yeah. All right. Um, have you got anything you wanted to, um, like, really talk about? Because I've just got a seven-year-old that's... No, it's all good. We just wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah, the yeah. The case and International Women's Day, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 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 Mum's on the phone. Oh, these girls are so gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, basically, yeah, that's, that's all I can say is that we've got all this evidence... Um, and all this paperwork, and they're basically just trying to dismiss our case on a technicality, um, you know, and just say, throw it off as vexatious and frivolous and wasting time and just not communicating with us and letting us know, like, a hearing date or anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the usual runaround that you'd expect from a federal court, you know, dealing with native title. Bloody hell. 
All right, Marianne, um, thanks a lot. Yeah. We'll let you um, get to back to your kids, a busy woman you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, mummy duties. Okay, take care of yourself. <laughs> thanks. All right, then you take care too, eh? Yep, see ya. Yeah. And that was Marianne McKay from um, Western Australia, a Noongar woman. Uh... Help Freesia support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline, and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care, and also others were... The recognition were... of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years, and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. Now, now we're going to go to um, the um, broadcast of um, International Women's Day on Friday. Um, the speakers were um, First Nations uh, people from um, uh, Belinda and April, the daughters of Tanya Day, uh, Marissa from, from this radio show, and uh, sex worker um, Jane Green, and a union de- delegate um, Laura Watson from the ACTU and FNWA. So we'll just go to that now. International Women's Day Collective and what you just heard was the trade union choir singing so can we give them a round of applause before I go any further I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we're meeting and holding this rally today the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past present and emerging and importantly, to acknowledge that this land was stolen, it was never ceded, and it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Now I'm going to pass over to Pia, who's another member of the International Women's Day Collective, who've organised this rally, and she's going to introduce our first speaker. Thank you, Jody. Before I do that, I do want us to acknowledge Belinda Talkovich. Belinda was a fierce advocate for women. She was passionate, a passionate unionist, an incredible comrade, and sadly she passed away last week at a very young age. It's a terrible loss to our movement, and we won't forget her legacy. I would now like to invite Belinda Watson and April Stevens to the platform. Belinda and April are the daughters of Tanya Day. She was a proud Aboriginal woman who died in Victorian police custody in 2017 and they're currently campaigning in the fight for justice for their mother and to end Aboriginal deaths in custody. Thank you. Um, Firstly, we too would like to acknowledge um, that we are standing on Aboriginal land, pay our respects to our elders past, present and future. We'd also like to acknowledge our mother, Tanya Day, 
Um, and also our grandmother, Leonie Day, and great-grandmothers, Louisa Atkinson and Gladys Day. Um, we stand here today because of them, uh, the strong Aboriginal women who've stood before us and, and have carried the struggles of their families and communities. Is that better? Sorry. Um, these women have carried the struggles of their families and communities on their backs for, the year, for, for many years and their strength and resilience in the fight for justice, we are now able to continue their journey. Every day we draw from their strength of our ancestors and culture and support for our community. On December the 5th, 2017, our mother came into contact with the justice system um, and many failures from that contact um, led to her losing her life. Uh, the system continues to fail Aboriginal people um, and in particular, Racial profiling um, is the only reason our mum came into contact with the police that day. Um, we're calling on the Victorian Government to implement the recommendations of the Royal Commission to decriminalise public intoxication as an offence. Uh, their failure to do so has directly resulted in us not having our mum with us today. She was uh, travelling from Echuca to Melbourne, um, going down to see her youngest daughter, um, who was pregnant at the time, and unfortunately mum didn't get to, to meet her grandson. She was travelling, she was falling asleep on the train, and the V-Line instructor considered her to be unruly and called the police. Um, I don't know how you can be unruly when you're sleeping and you're not bothering anyone. But again, that goes to the racial profiling and the systematic failures. Her only crime was that she was an Aboriginal woman. She was placed into custody and while she was in custody, she suffered traumatic head injuries. The police failed to conduct their adequate checks. Um, you know, they were supposed to check on her regularly. They didn't do that. They didn't enter the cell. And within four hours, she was unconscious and on the way to the hospital and never regained consciousness. Um, Again, I just want to talk about the fact that there's multiple reasons for the reason that our mum's not here. And it's, you know, from many government agencies, so V-Line, the police, the ambulance, all of them failed mum. And her, her last days on this earth were very traumatic. Um, and we want to make sure that people don't have to experience what we've had to. And certainly people don't have to experience what she had to go through as well. So I'll hand over to April now. Our mum was a proud Aboriginal woman. She loved her family and community strongly. Mum was well known for her cooking, fashion and love for the Rabbitohs. She was strong in her convictions and her opinions. She would often use her passion and voice to call out injustices faced by Aboriginal people and to stand with the families of deaths in custody. For all her strength, mum had experienced hard and trying times in her life with losing her four-month-old son, Luke, to SIDS, which she could never recover from, later on losing her mother, brother, nephew and sister. This was evident in her struggles to have fulfilment in her life. For all that, she managed to pursue a life of activism to help others, and for that, she is our inspiration and our motivation. We won't rest until she gets the justice that she deserves. Her life and her presence in this world was taken from us because the Victorian government continues to ignore the recommendation that was made nearly 30 years ago to decriminalise public intoxication.
a law that's been used time and time again to target Aboriginal people, Torres Strait Islander people and people of colour. It's simply not good enough and needs to be changed now before someone else has to endure what our mum done, uh, what our mother did and what we are now. This, there's no more time for excuses. The coroner has foreshadowed her recommendation to abolish this law as a result of what our mother went through. Help us honour her memory. Please sign and share her petition. Please share her story far and wide. That could be anywhere um, in your workplaces, sporting clubs, online. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, absolutely anywhere. Um, the further this story goes, the more people are going to be aware of what's going on and the more likelihood we're going to be able to get change. Um, the more support we have, the more pressure that we can put on the Victorian government to finally act. We'd also like to invite anybody um, that would like to come along to her next directions hearing, which is on the 19th of March. Uh, that's at nine o'clock. We'll have a smoking ceremony and a welcome to country by Wondery. So if everybody could be there, that would be great. You know, they're not going to be able to ignore the support and numbers. Uh, we'll have media there to make sure that none of that is going to be forgotten or excused. Uh, we've also got some clipboards with mum's paper petition, which will be tabled in the parliament. So if you're happy to grab a clipboard and get that around to get some signatures, that'll be great. And then at the end, if you just pop it back up on the truck and then we can get that to our lawyers. So um, we want to thank everybody for being here today and for everybody that's already shared uh, mum's story and that has signed the petition. And we hope that we can get some more further supporters from today. Thank you. Thanks, April and Belinda. Um, please grab hold of that petition and sign it and get it back up to the truck as requested. I'd like to now call Marissa Spasaro to the stage. Marissa is a radio broadcaster at 3CR Community Radio and works on the prison show Doin' Time. Her media primarily focuses on exposing the injustices and the discriminations surrounding those incarcerated in prisons and detention centres and also building the movement to stop Aboriginal deaths in custody. She's here today to talk about disability rights and violence against women. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Hi everybody. Happy International Women's Day, but after hearing that speech, there's absolutely nothing to celebrate. I'd like to start off by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we stand today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and future. My name is Marissa Spazzaro and I'm here today to talk about the rights of women with disabilities on this very special International Women's Day. To be clear, I am not a disability rights activist and I have not won any awards for mentoring people with disability. Just because I am blind, it does not mean that I have to work or associate with blind and vision impaired people just because there is a disability in common. That means includes not going to the blind cricket. My skills and experience are in the areas of media and working with all struggles, including building the movement to stop Aboriginal deaths in custody. 
Being a radio presenter at 3CR for many years is a vehicle for that work. Having said this, I have participated in some dis disability rights activism. In a time when governments use divide and conquer tactics that splits communities, we need to be forever vigilant. In this time of homophobia, homophobia racism and ableism, violence against women with disabilities and indeed violence against all women must stop. It is clear that women with disabilities are excluded from policy and decision making. We also need more innovative programs for self-defence for women with disabilities. It is unacceptable that women with disabilities are often told that they cannot participate in self-defence, especially blind women who are told that they just can't orchestrate the moves. The Australian Federation of Disability Organisations commends the Senate for approving the motion um, from Green Senator Jordan Steele-John to establish a Royal Commission into violence, abuse, exploitation and neglect for people with disability in institutional and wider community settings across Australia. Women with disabilities have been portrayed as passive, angelic and vulnerable. I have made it my business to learn some self-defence, but I am self-taught. So look out. My journey has been long and hard. <laughs> so the demand is end government repression against all self-defence forces and Indigenous communities. Violence against women is not just about partner abuse, it's about being sexually and physically abused in institutions, at work or on public transport. Women with disability need to join unions. Everyone has the right to access education, freedom from discrimination and violence. Historically and perhaps not so recognised, there were women behind the fortification of the Eureka Stockade on that fateful morning of the 3rd of December in 1854. Did you know that the Women's Christian Temperance Union supported the men and women who carried the Pilbara past the strike of 1946 to 1949? the longest-running strike in Australia's history, sometimes known as the Blackfellas Eureka. Transformative justice is an excellent framework to use when dealing with violence against women with disability. That is, there needs to be violent systems of oppression and, and exploitation and colonisation, <laughs> domination and state violence. Now, I don't think I'm going to have time to go through everything, but just to summarise... Um, in Transformative Justice, it's about healing and accountability and fighting oppression and change. And it's important to address state violence in particular and in individual violence, by, which is evident in shifting power, accountability, healing, safety. How much time do I have left? Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just use the next two minutes um, to say goodbye. <laughs> Giselle did ask me to speak about the disability insurance scheme. Um, all I'll say about that is it's a damned waste of time. Yeah. And I'll just um, read out a quote from Helen Keller. I know that the theme this year is gender balance. I was going to read out a, um, a quote by Malcolm X to represent men as well, but I haven't got time. So I'll just give you Helen Keller. <laughs> and Helen Keller was awesome. You guys know Helen Keller. Well, not just guys, everybody. Um, if I cannot see the fire at the end of their cigarettes, neither can they thread a needle in the dark. Thank you. Thank you, Marisa.
I'd now like to call Jane Green up to the platform. Jane Green is a current Victorian sex worker, activist and spokesperson for Vixen Collective, Victoria's peer-only sex worker organisation. Jane is a survivor of sexual assault and has worked on the reform of rape sentencing laws in Victoria as well as other law reform initiatives. So welcome, Jane. Hi. Um, I'd like to start by acknowledging that we're here today on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is stolen land to which sovereignty was never ceded. My name is Jane Green and I'm a current Victorian sex worker. I'm speaking today as a sex worker and also on behalf of Vixen Collective, Victoria's pair-only sex worker organisation. And I'm being serenaded in the background by loud beeping, which is wonderful for all of us. That's better. I do not speak for all sex workers because no one can. I speak from my own personal experience of sex work and also in consultation with other Victorian sex workers. In Victoria, sex workers work under laws that increase our risk of experiencing violence at work. We work under what is called a licensing system. In this system, sex work is permitted under very specific conditions. If we are not complying with these conditions at all times, then we are criminalised. And I will speak louder. When our work or any part of our work is criminalised, our safety at work is reduced and it becomes difficult to go to the police if we are harmed at work. Under these conditions, we fear that we will be treated badly. Told that crimes committed against us are in fact not crimes. Sex workers facing intersecting marginalisation face greater difficulty in accessing assistance and research in Australia shows that migrant sex workers are less likely than non-migrants to go to police for assistance if they are sexually assaulted. Even if we are treated fairly by one part of the system, we may be failed by another. It was only in October 2016 that rape sentencing guidelines in Victoria were changed to remove a direction to judges that offenders that sexually assaulted sex workers could be given reduced sentences as sex workers were not chaste women and therefore weren't considered to be affected by rape like other victims. Let me emphasise that was two years ago. Sex workers are often vilified and stigmatised in media. This is particularly intense for migrant sex workers who are often portrayed as victims and in need of rescue. This is in contrast to the results of the largest study of migrant sex workers in Australia, which showed that the vast majority of workers are content with their work and find their income satisfactory, not something that all workers enjoy. Sex workers experience discrimination on the basis of our work in a range of settings. For example, in education, child custody, accommodation, in medical and counselling settings, and so on. 
Victoria is the only state or territory in Australia that does not have a funded peer sex worker service. This failure by the Victorian government puts Victorian sex workers at risk. It has meant that for the last 14 years, Victorian sex workers ourselves have run an unfunded voluntary service for our own community. Yes, shame. As sex workers, the fight for our rights is not just about us. It is also about who stands with us in that fight. There has been a history within Victorian feminism of failing to stand in solidarity with sex workers. This history is changing and it continues to change. It changes every time sex workers take the stage at feminist events like International Women's Day. It changes every time feminist allies and supporters join our call for the full decriminalisation of sex work. It changes when feminists and feminist organisations speak out on issues that affect sex worker community and call for action beside us. And it changes every time one of you individually call out whorephobia. And so that is my call to you today. Listen to sex workers, speak out against whorephobia and stand with us in the fight for sex worker rights. And I'd like to ask you to do this specifically in a couple of ways. One, follow us on Twitter. It's pretty simple, it's just at Vixen Collective and you can see what we're doing and help where you can. And two, if you work for an organisation, particularly a feminist organisation, visit the Decrim Now page on our website and we'll tweet the link so if you can't find it, there's no excuse. And if you're not listed as supporting the full decriminalisation of sex work on that page on our website, ask yourself why and contact us and we'll tell you if you can't work it out. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. I'd like to ask Lara Watson to come up now. Lara Watson is a Berry Gubber woman from Central West and sorry, Central West Queensland. Come on up. And the Indigenous Officer with the ACTU. She has been involved with the trade union movement for 15 years and is currently running the wage justice campaign for community development workers in remote communities through the First Nations Workers Alliance. Thank you. Wadamuli, everyone. I'd like to acknowledge all language groups of the Kulin Nation and thank them for allowing me to walk on country and pay my respects to elders past and present. I'd also like to take the opportunity to acknowledge Belinda Talkovich. You know, Belinda was a passionate advocate for working women's rights and she was involved in many of our most important campaigns. Campaigns like pay parental leave, employment and pay equity, work, family and caring responsibilities, equal opportunity and discrimination and so much more. Belinda worked with Victoria Trades Hall both at a state, national and international level 
for the push of recognition and education on family and domestic violence in industrial agreements. And her legacy will live on every time a woman in crisis is able to access this leave. Vale, sister. It's common knowledge that gender violence is an epidemic in Australia. Women are experiencing violence in their workplace, in their homes, and everywhere that they go. We need to change the rules for working women and all women that experience violence. We need 10 days paid family and domestic violence leave. No worker should have to choose between their job and the ability for them and their children to be safe. Leaving a violent relationship is hard and most of the support services you need to access, you can only access through business hours. Things like accessing police, attending court hearings, changing your children's school, finding a new home, the list goes on. And this is why paid family and domestic violence leave is critical. As mentioned before, I do work in remote communities, taking on the federal government around their racist and punitive community development program. And what we've seen in these communities, our workers are being breached for up to eight weeks. That's no income whatsoever. People are getting breached because they are attending cultural business such as sorry business and sorry camps. And heavens forbid, if you're a woman that has experienced violence, you run the risk of being breached for eight weeks if you don't turn up. Too many women are experiencing violence and are either losing their jobs or falling out of the workplace. This is not good enough. It is time to change the rules or to break the rules. <laughs> We need paid family and domestic violence leave, and we need it now, and we won't wait. We won't wait! We won't wait! We won't wait! We won't wait! Thank you. Before you leave, I'll just let you know that the National Union of Workers has got a campaign going on against Chemist Warehouse. <laughs> Women who are working in their distribution centre are facing ongoing sexual harassment. Now, on our march to Parliament House, we're going to stop by Chemist Warehouse and we need you to be loud and we need you to be proud. Thank you. Thanks, sister. All right, now we've also got the Big Steps crowd here who are going to lead us off in chants, and off we go.
healing, perpetuating. Um oh, sorry about that. Was back to the um, broadcasting. Yeah, um, that was um, um, International Women's Day on Friday. Um, with the speakers, four speakers at the start. Um, we'll just go to an announcement. 3CR are selling kefir Palestinian scarves in support of the last factory that produces them in Hebron, Palestine. All profits will be donated to the reconstruction efforts in Gaza and support Palestinian industry. These are traditional scarves available in red and black or you can choose from a modern design. Go to 3cr.org.au slash shop to buy online or drop into the station during business hours. Are you 18 years and over? Have you been stopped by a Victorian police officer or protective service officer in the last 10 years? Would you like to contribute to research that aims to inform law reform? and litigation strategies to prevent over-policing? Go to policestopsurvey.online for more information and to take part. That's policestopsurvey.online, a 3CR supporter. Say I am sailing, I am sailing on the We sail for human rights, indigenous sovereignty and climate justice. Our destination is Manus Island. Join us for the Freedom Flotilla. Sailforjustice.org. Get on board. A 3CR supporter. And you're with 3CR 855 AM or www.3cr.com. Yep. Or something. <laughs> Sorry. Um, now um, we'll just go to dot org dot Sorry. Yep. We'll just go to um, black fellow white fellows, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs> 